a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a pre-recorded program presented by KSL News Radio and Intermountain Healthcare. Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. We discuss the important community issues of stronger mental health, emotional wellness, and the growing problem of addiction. Here's our host, Maria Chaleos, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. Today we are talking about different treatment options for addiction. With me is Dr. Robert Mendenhall. He's an addiction medicine physician with Intermountain's Day Spring Treatment and Recovery Center. Uh, doctor, let's talk a little bit about more about the options people have. We don't have to go into inpatient if we have a problem. There is out, There are outpatient options. Talk about the differences and what people can expect to see if they choose one or the other. Yeah, the way that we think about treatment right now is kind of on a leveled approach. So uh, sort of the highest level of treatment is the traditional rehab that we think of where we go to a place for 30 or 45 days or more and kind of get treatment during that time. Um, but there are many outpatient options. Um, the sort of most intense of those options is what we call a partial hospitalization program, where typically you'll go to uh, you know a treatment facility, you'll stay most of the day there, um, and you know get the treatment that you need, therapy and, and medication and um, other kinds of things, uh, coping skills, life skills, that kind of thing. Um, but the nice thing about that is you get to go home at night and you get to sleep in your bed and be with your family and, and those types of things. Um, and then below that, there's a, a program that's called an intensive outpatient program. And these are typically three or four times a week for three or four hours per night. Um, and this will allow you to sort of maintain your job where you can kind of go to your job throughout the day. And then at night you go to this intensive outpatient program. Um, and again, you get a lot of this treatment that we've been talking about with therapy and coping and medication and those types of things. And you get to stay, you know, in your bed and, and with your family and, you know, it doesn't have so much of a, um, change in your life. Um, and then, um, and then there's other outpatient options, you know, everyone's heard of, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, um, those types of things can be uh, fairly helpful and are usually part of, um, you know, some of the treatment options that we have. There's also, um, you know, sort of more traditional outpatient options where you see a psychiatrist and you see a therapist and, um, you know, the psychiatrist helps with some of the underlying mental health conditions and some of the, um, you know, addiction issues and medications that we use for addiction. And the therapist helps with some of the coping skills. And, and that's typically, you know, once or twice a week, you see the therapist for an hour and then you see the psychiatrist once or twice a month. And, um, 
work through it at, at that level. And that's why I think it's so important to, you know, see a professional about, hey, what what level is recommended here? What level of care do I need to give myself the best chance of having long-term sobriety? And um, sometimes the answer to that is a rehab. Other times the answer to that is something like an IOP or traditional outpatient care. And some of these options can be pretty expensive too. So that is a factor that people have to consider, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, there's many stories of rehab facilities costing, you know, twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars a month and, you know, being very unaffordable for a lot of people. The nice thing is because, as we talked about before, getting rid of some of the stigma has helped insurance to pay for this much better. And uh, so when you have medical insurance, very often they will pay for one of these programs, such as an IOP or a partial, partial hospitalization program, sometimes even the rehab um, and having those available and having some pay pay sources from that is very helpful. You mentioned at the beginning of the program how more people are struggling in the middle of the pandemic. Are you finding that people, though, are afraid to come and reach out for care because of COVID? Um, I think that people are afraid to reach out for care for a lot of reasons. Um, COVID may be one of those reasons, though. I think there's enough virtual options now that um, if that is a reason, that doesn't have to be a reason. Um, You know, many of the... um, community resources for addiction treatment are using things like Zoom or um, other sort of virtual options to kind of get the treatment done as needed. Uh, Many others are doing a lot to kind of keep their people safe, even though they're meeting in person. Um, You know, some people have been a little bit resistant to using electronic means for some of this treatment. And so the fact that some of these places are getting back to person to person, um, you know, classes and therapy and things like that is is helpful for them. Um, And so it's kind of a matter of personal choice. Um, What I would say is, uh, you know, just be careful that you're not using that as a rationalization. One way or the other, there's definitely options out there. And if you feel like you need help, get the help that you need. What are the specific things that you talk to people about when they're deciding which option is best for them? So we look at a lot of factors. We look at the level of their use. Uh, We look at how long they've been using for. We look at how many times they've tried to get off of it and and how that's for them as far as number of relapses and how long those relapses work. We look at um, their social situation. You know, how's their support at home? Do they have a supportive family? Do they have um, a job that would be uh, very difficult to leave? Do they have... um, you know, no support, you know, do they have, have they recently lost their job, those types of things. And so we put all those things together in, in kind of a recommendation. And then we talk a little bit with the patients about, you know, what, what works for you? Uh, what's something that we can do that gives you the best chance of success? Um, keeping in mind that sometimes, um, something that I call the lies of addiction sort of kick in at that point, and people begin to think, well, you know, I could just do it, you know, doing an outpatient model when, um, you know, the evaluation kind of speaks towards not doing an outpatient model. Um, you know, sometimes those lies of addiction will make you do something less likely to help you. And so it's important to kind of recognize that that might be an issue and to talk with your professional about that. You mentioned that in the pandemic, you've seen people relapse who have been pretty much they've been recovered for quite some time. But treatment has changed quite substantially in the past 10 years. Maybe talk about, you know, for those people, how things have changed and how they've improved to help them. Yeah. Treatment has had some major changes over the last, um, you know, 10 or 15 years, or at least we've used these treatment options much, much more. Um, 
something that a lot of people don't recognize is that we do have medications that are extremely helpful for helping people to stay sober, um, especially when we're talking about opiates and especially when we're talking about um, alcohol. There's many different treatment options that we can use from a medication standpoint. So um, what we've learned is that, you know, doing um, just the, uh, the therapy, just the outpatient thing, um, has had a pretty small success rate for people to get to one year or five years sober. Um, but we've been able to increase that substantially by adding in a medication component to that therapy component. So for example, for, uh, you know, for opiate use, there's medications such as methadone or suboxone or um, naltrexone, which are all medications that can be extraordinarily helpful at not only reducing uh, withdrawal symptoms, but they can be really helpful at reducing cravings and getting people back into their regular lives. Um, and with alcohol, there's, uh, you know, Rexone and Ampersade and some others. And so there's a lot of medication options out there uh, to really help people in a much more powerful way than we've had uh, before that. And sort of adding that into the therapy has been shown to be um, amazingly helpful as far as increasing the number of people that, that have been able to stay sober, that, that have been able to sort of re-engage after relapse, that have been able to find those times where they can say, yeah, my life is back together now. Let me play devil's advocate for just a moment. I can just hear somebody who's trying to rationalize and say, but hey, aren't you just substituting one substance for another substance? What is your reaction to that? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, argument that I hear all the time. It's an argument that we, we hear constantly. Um, the truth of the matter is the problem with addiction comes when it begins to take over your life. Um, when we've, as we've talked about before, recognizing those red flags of, um, you know, thinking about the, the drug of choice so much and your life revolving around it and when's my next dose and those types of things. And the real goal with addiction is, um, to get to a place where you can live your life again, to get to a place where your life is not surrounded by and dictated by this drug of you, uh, drug drug of choice, and um, these medications really help to break that cycle in a in a very powerful way. Um, and they help people to, you know, get their jobs to back, to get their family lives back, to um, be able to find that purpose and that fulfillment in life again. And, um, you know, most of us believe that that is the real goal of addiction treatment is to be able to get your life back on track in a way where, you know, your life doesn't revolve around this drug of choice anymore. So how effective are they? They're extremely effective. Um, so we have seen, depending on the study you look at, somewhere between five and ten times more benefit when we add a medication into this treatment um, compared to without medication. And so they're they're extremely effective. Um, and they have allowed us to change the way that we do treatment and allowing much more outpatient options that are much less invasive into life. All right, we need to take a break. If you are struggling and you need help, a resource for you right now is the Emotional Health Relief Hotline. You can call that at 833-442-2211, and I'll give that number again at the end of the program. And you're listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and 
get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.